Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Sports Illustrated's Coronavirus and Sports. This is Luis Miguel Echegaray. Today, the Olympics. We'll be talking to senior writers Michael Rosenberg and John Wertheim as we discuss recent news regarding the postponement of Tokyo 2020 and IOC's handling of the situation, which was mainly pushed by athletes and national committees. When the IOC announced that the 2020 Summer Olympics in Tokyo had been postponed until 2021, it was a long-awaited decision that had kept National Olympic Committees and sports governing bodies on edge. What took the IOC so long to finally come around? Shouldn't the decision have been made earlier, and for countless reasons that seem obvious now? As my guests today point out, moving an event like the Olympics isn't as simple as you'd think. Joining us now is senior writer John Wertheim returning to the show. John, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks. I, w I would say good to be here. I don't know if that quite applies in this period, but uh, it's always a pleasure to talk. Yeah, it's, it's almost always the case with our show, but thanks for joining us, John. The call has finally been made. The summer 2020 games are off, rescheduled for summer of 2021. What was your reaction to the news? It's about time. Um, I, I was in Japan a month ago, and we saw this coming. Last week, we had entire delegations of athletes saying, we're not comfortable with this. It became increasingly clear just logistically this wasn't going to be feasible. I'm glad the IOC reached the right decision, but I'm not sure it should have taken this long. And now we just hope we can pull this off a year from now in 2021. So very interesting because the IOC started everything by saying they need four weeks to make this decision. What changed, do you think? I think there was just a recognition that this could not be carried off. And I also think when you had entire delegations, Australia, Canada, you had governing bodies, I, I think it just became increasingly clear for 101 reasons this just couldn't happen so soon. Remember, unlike other sporting events, 
the athletes live together in a village, more than 10,000 athletes. Remember, too, it's not just Japan, which fortunately does seem to be, as we say, flattening the curve. We're talking about athletes, networks, fans, commercial presence from all over the world. So even if the condition in Japan seems to be getting better, and certainly the curve spread out to July was going to get better, that didn't preclude the fact that you had entire populations from all over the world coming. So again, this did seem to be a decision that was overdue, but at least we can take some solace in knowing the right decision was reached. So when we talk about different sports and what they've had to do in regards to what's been going on right now with the pandemic, it's obviously difficult and an obstacle when it comes to scheduling, but I'm imagining the Olympics is a mountain. How, just how big of a mountain is it, do you think, now when it comes to rescheduling, monitoring, and, and making sure all the logistics are put in place for the year after this one? Yeah, exactly. I mean, whatever the NBA is dealing with, whatever EPL and other sports, this is exponentially larger. I mean, this is the biggest jigsaw puzzle in sports. And I think we also need to just talk about, honestly, about the commercial interests here. And there are billions and billions of dollars. Japan's already spent $10 billion just in the bid and in the promotion and in the construction. NBC is responsible for about 40% of the broadcast rights. So keep in mind, we're talking about hundreds of millions, billions of dollars in television as well. It's a lot that's going to have to be processed. I suspect there are athletes who would go to the Olympics in 2020 who might not be going in 2021. And I think they're probably athletes who feel like they're frozen out now who may have a chance to go. So there are so many levels that this has impacted. This is a, a side note, but something someone else told me in, when I was in Japan was that the site of the Olympic Village, those were going to be turned into residential apartments. So it's a minor point to this in the grand scheme of things, but even the residents for the athletes, even the Olympic Village, there are going to be a lot of complications because people have bought those units to live in, thinking the Olympics were going to end in August and suddenly they were going to have a new home. So again, I mean, you cannot imagine the logistical riddle here, but again, that is secondary to the health and safety issues. And, you know, we're, we're all dealing with this at some level. I mean, the Olympics logistically is just at a completely different level. Yeah, there's no president for this. Obviously, uh, earlier, uh, you know, years and years ago, uh, you know, cancellations due to war. But this is a completely different situation, especially now in modern times. What happens next? What happens in the next few weeks and months? We just need to see how this plays out from a health crisis standpoint. I mean, I think before we talk about NFL games, I mean, in sort of in the sports sector, in the sports bubble, we're already talking about when seasons are going to begin and whether the NBA finals can be played in July and August. We just need to see how this pandemic plays out because a lot of this is, is fanciful talk. We hope that we'll have an Olympics in the summer of 2021. But again, you use the word unprecedented. That's absolutely correct. And I think we just need to see how this virus plays out before we go too far down the road. But I think one thing we'll need are some precise dates. I mean, the Japanese organizers in the IOC today with their statement said this will be postponed. They have mentioned the summer of 2021, but they said two dates to be determined. So that has not uh, been established as of now. That's something that will have to be factored in before we start talking about time trials and logistics and NBC's TV schedule. But again, I mean, I, I'm in Manhattan, as, as I know you are as well, and you're still hearing the ambulances and you're still hearing about it's going to get worse before it gets better. So I think the most immediate concern is, is just making sure that never mind sports, never mind even economics, we need to make sure from a public health crisis, this is dealt with first. 
And then we can start worrying about all these logistical complications. A strong message and the right one. Sports Illustrated senior writer, John Worthine. John, thanks so much for joining us again. You got it. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So here we are. The Olympics are delayed a year. And now athletes around the world must deal with the next steps. But what do those steps look like? And in all the bureaucracy of the IOC, national committees and governing sports bodies, have decisions been made along the way with the athletes' best interests in mind? Joining us now is senior writer Michael Rosenberg. Michael, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Michael, the IOC has officially suspended the Tokyo 2020 Games until 2021. What in your mind was the breaking point that finally led to this decision? Well, over the weekend, the IOC uh, executive, executive committee met and, and they decided basically give us a month to figure this out. I think they could tell, as we all could for a week or so now, where this was headed, but they wanted a month. They wanted to, to, to plan it, uh, make their decisions sort of on their time and Obviously, that lasted two days. Well, that's sort of how the world's going these days, where you think you have a month and you have two days. But really what happened to them is the countries made their decision uh, for the IOC and the athletes made the decision for their countries. So you had uh, Canada say, this isn't safe, we're not going. Australia, which has always been a very prominent presence uh, in the swimming, say, we're not going. Germany pulled out. Uh, Thanks to that pressure, the USOC sort of halfway kind of said, hey, this isn't the best idea. We would prefer a postponement. So by then it became obvious that the IOC was not going to be able to do this. And so to save a little face, uh, rather than wait a month and have, you know, a hundred countries say this is not going to work and then they're just dragging their feet, they finally just said, okay, uh, we have to postpone the games to 2021. Uh, and so they sort of ended that part of the story. But there's just so much else that they have to deal with now. Uh, it didn't get simpler for them. It just got a lot more complicated. You mentioned it was um, about the athletes and then eventually the nations uh, took, took some place in terms of uh, helping or at least pushing IOC on making this decision. Let's talk specifically about Team USA. What was their stance at the beginning, in the middle, and I guess towards the end? Well, I, I mean, their stance uh, was sort of, you know, put the thumb in the mouth and then hold it up and see which way the wind's blowing a little bit, uh, unfortunately. Uh, didn't really take the lead here. Uh, Sarah Herschland, the CEO, is new to this. And to be fair to her, uh, this has all been moving so quickly and it's all unprecedented. I think everyone's head, whether you're in athletics or not, we're, all of our heads are spinning right now, right? So the USOC really had the attitude of, we're going to defer to the IOC here. Uh, see what they do. But then these other countries dropped out. They surveyed their athletes and most of them or many of them said, this is not going to work. We can't even train. We don't know when our trials are going to be. 
uh, we can't really have an Olympics this summer. And it wasn't universal because it depends, varies by sport. But uh, eventually the USOC realized they had to do something. And so in what was a bit of a wishy-washy statement, but ultimately did get to the point, they said, hey, postponing is definitely the best option. They did not say what Canada and Germany and Australia said, which is we will not send a team this summer. But it was strong enough and late enough in the process that uh, they did sort of get that word in before the IOC officially uh, postponed the games. Why wasn't their position stronger from the very beginning? What what was uh, you know the the logistics behind it? Was it more about obviously a harder decision to make when it comes to the Olympics, or was there more at hand? Why why weren't they strong enough at the very start? Well, I, I think there are a few factors here. One, uh, obviously, NBC invests so much money in the Olympics; they need the U.S. there, and. Contractually, they may even need the U.S. there. So they're, they're under a different kind of pressure for the U.S. to stand up and say, hey, we're not sending a team uh, this summer because now they've got to turn to their broadcast partner who they need so much and say, yes, we sort of led the way on making your lives miserable for the next year. But I really think a bigger factor is just Sarah Hirschland is, is new. You know, the CEO, she's relatively new. Um, it's all moving so fast. Uh, I just think she was extra cautious here in trying to defer to people and not sort of muddy the waters or, 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 or be the one out there and uh, saying what might have seemed like a bold, controversial opinion in normal times. Uh, and, and so I think she kind of lagged behind. But ultimately, I don't know how much damage was really done. I mean, the Olympics were going to be delayed and they will, they are delayed. And that's just how it is. So I would have liked to have seen a little bit different leadership from the USOC, but uh, lesson learned, and they can just move on, moving forward. So one of the main key factors, at least a starting factor for you, was uh, the athletes, uh, you know, taking some stands and really standing up against really doing this in 2020. But what adversity will they face in the coming months as they adjust for the new reality? Well, uh, Noah Lyles, who is one of the uh, elite sprinters in the world and is going to be an American star at some Olympics, whenever they're able to hold, hold it, uh, did a, a, a Zoom teleconference with some of us today. And he was saying, you know, and he's asthmatic, so he's got to be extra careful. But he said, there's nowhere to train. He's basically training on a trail in a park, and he's got to worry about people walking their dogs around. So he doesn't want to get in too close contact with him. I mean, think about this. This is somebody who is trying to win the same race that Usain Bolt, you know, the same two races. I mean, and he's got to worry about people walking their dogs on the trail where he's running. You know, it's not even a normal track. So uh, these are very particular, precise athletes for the most part. Everything was thrown off. So it, it just was not going to work for them. Now, moving forward for the next year, they don't know when they're going to be able to resume normal training. They don't know what kind of events they're going to have. They don't even know exactly when the Olympics are going to be. So uh, there is a lot of uncertainty. I, the good news for them, and they're all hoping to have normal year leading up to the Olympics, the good news for them is now they at least have a little bit of time. So if the world looks like a normal place again in November, then hopefully it's a normal training and, and, and sort of build up to the games uh, and they can give their best performances. Let's end on a positive note what gives you hope now that this decision has been made? Well, I, I think what gives you hope is that Japan and the IOC said this together. I think that's part of it. 
there's a lot of money that it's going to cost now. And if they start squabbling for months over who's paying what and what needs to be done, uh, they're not going to, they're going to run out of time. You know, they don't have quite as much time as they would like, but they do have enough time if they work together to do this right. So the biggest thing is it wasn't going to happen this summer. It wasn't going to work for this fall. Now that they have postponed it to 2021, presumably in July, August, somewhere in that window, uh, there's a real chance that we can have a great Olympic Games. I mean, Japan, until all of this, was considered, you know, to have things relatively under control and be prepared. You know, we always hear about these countries that are hosting the Olympics that, you know, they're still kind of like pouring pavement as they're lighting the, the, lighting the Olympic flame. And uh, that was not supposed to be the case with Japan. So, um, I do think the fact that it, it's in a country that can handle this and that they have given themselves time, uh, it's not going to be a fun year for everybody involved, but I do think that they can still have a successful Olympics. Yeah, the key thread here has been common unity. Michael Rosenberg, senior writer, Sports Illustrated. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. The decision to postpone the 2020 Summer Olympics appears to have been made out of necessity rather than caution. Most of us knew all along deep down that the games weren't going to happen this summer. But a hard decision is still a decision and offers clarity where there was once confusion. It might be painful in the short term and there are questions to answer along the way. But the summer of 2021 now gives us something real to look forward to, to a time when the greatest spectacle in global sports might bring with it a return to normalcy. Thanks to Michael Rosenberg and John Wertheim for joining me today. We'll continue bringing you these stories throughout the coronavirus crisis. If you like what we're doing, please recommend us to a friend or family member and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps others find the show. You can listen to Coronavirus and Sports for free wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to subscribe or follow us for the latest episodes. Stay safe. And we'll see you next time.